Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Catholic Connect podcast. Hey, I'm so glad you tracked us down. I hope you're having a blessed day wherever you may be in the Universal Church. Hey, we got uh, some brothers of ours from the Universal Church, Robert LeBlanc and Dennis Giblehan from the Pints and Pews podcast. Uh, Our brothers in Canada, fellow Canucks, they also do a podcast, a great one. And we have a chance to talk about brews, as we always do, and also some good reasons why you need to get to the pews as quickly as possible, get back to Mass, get back to the sacramental life. And it was a fun conversation with Dennis and Robert. Looking forward to sharing that with you shortly. Let's start with a quote from St. John of the Cross. The soul of the one who serves God always swims in joy, always keeps holiday, and is always in the mood for singing. End quote from one of the superstars of our church, a great saint, St. John of the Cross. And he knew a lot about, well, finding joy and finding happiness in some real challenging times. He had a pretty tough life, St. John of the Cross, and he provides a great example of living through adversity, but always living the sacramental life, being close to Jesus, going to confession often. And that's how he got through this life. A lot of life of difficulty for sure, but he came through it with joy. And now he's uh, he's doing his victory lap in heaven right now. And he's going to help us. He can intercede for us at the throne of God because that's who he sees all the time, the face of God. And I really loved it when he says, the soul of the one who serves God always swims in joy and always keeps holiday. That sounds like St. John of the Cross was having a lot of fun on this earth and really enjoying living the sacramental life, being a follower of Christ. I feel the exact same way. You know, sometimes we see some dark days in the church. We see confusion in the church sometimes with certain individuals. And we're all sinners and we have all fallen short of the glory of God. But the good news is when you live a sacramental life and you go to confession often, you receive communion worthily, well, you can bounce back from the things that these snares that the devil sets out for us. And we can start all over again. We can renew our promise and our devotion back to Jesus and start anew and be that true beacon of light in this world. And every day is like a holiday. Every day is a celebration. And I get really excited every day to take this journey to eternal life and share that with my wife and my children and with my coworkers and friends. And it's an exciting vocation that I have and that you have. And God's got a special plan for you in your life. And he wants you to have joy and happiness. And even though that we're going to have crosses that we need to bear, we can bear them with patience and with joy because we know where we're going. It's an amazing place, right? Is heaven. So let's keep encouraging each other, bearing each other's burdens, and also proceeding down this road with joy. And that's why I love, there's always a reason to have a celebration and to hang out and relax and enjoy some good conversation. And I felt like I had that with Robert and Dennis, our friends from the Pints and Pews podcast. We did this last year, a joint podcast, and it went over really well. So we decided to do it again. So here's our fireside chat with two other joyful warriors in Jesus Christ, Dennis and Robert. See you on the other side of this conversation, my friends. Praise be Jesus Christ. Now now and forever. forever. Thank you very much. It's always good to hear a voice on the other end when I say that, because usually I don't. So thank you very much. Those are the voices of two very good friends of our podcast. We're just good friends. They're brothers in Christ. Really love these guys a lot. They've been doing their podcast now for a couple of years. They got some seasons under their belt. We've appeared on each uh, of our podcasts a few times, and it's always great to share a fellowship with these two gentlemen from the Pints and Pews podcast by two brothers in Christ, 
Robert LeBlanc, and Dennis Kivlahan. Great uh, to talk to you guys again. It's great. Great to be again, chatting David. again there, David. I, I have to say that you said that we have a couple of seasons under our, our belt. I do have to say that I think Dennis's belt uh, has gotten a little bit bigger since the last time we <laughs> talked. But uh... <laughs> Wait, wait, who's retired now? Someone's belt has got a little wider as well. Well, retired from teaching, that is. Robert's busier than ever, mind you, but he is retired officially from teaching. Well, we all have rich heritages in our backgrounds, right? Uh, you know, so and, and definitely from uh, our both of our, our all of our backgrounds, we love to eat. There's always an excuse. There's always a great reason to celebrate, especially being Catholic, but also part of our our heritage and our where we came from as well, right? So that's Absolutely. that's a cool part of it. Yeah. And we imbibe a little bit too around the Christmas season, of course. This- just, just a little, just, 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 a, just a little, <laughs> but you were saying too there, David, that it's nice having someone respond to you. Uh, just so that you know, whenever I'm listening to the Catholic Canuck in the car, I respond, I Thank respond you. loud and clear. I don't know if you can hear us all the way in Alberta, but, uh, we do do when those that. winds from the East come. It's either a storm or it's a blessing. I think that's probably <laughs> what it is. It's those Eastern winds. <laughs> but, but no, yeah, that's great guys. I, I appreciate that. How, how are things with you? I know that things have, well, the last time we talked is this is like a year and a half ago already mm-hmm. that we I think so. something. I was I like, so. it was in the summer of 2022. So, um, so lifetime that ago. podcast we talked about the time. papal visit. Uh, we talked about a whole bunch of things. But what's uh, what's new and exciting with, with you guys? Well, I guess the the biggest announcement. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you've you've heard it out there, but yeah. uh, for us to chat live, that uh, I'm no longer in the teaching profession. Right per se, uh, working for the church in a teaching role. Um, and we were just chatting a little bit before we got started here about uh, how half of Alberta is uh, envious of the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. <laughs> um, right. you know, again, though, uh, whenever someone talks to, uh, to us about that, I think Dennis and I both state that, you know, how blessed we are, how blessed we, we put in our time, we put in the effort, but how truly blessed we are that we're at a stage in our lives where we can take a step back and it allows us then to be able to uh, do other things in the vineyard of the Lord. Right. That's so good. And so important too. Right. And, and it's uh, it's biblical fellas. I mean, uh, the laborer deserves his wages and uh, in the, in the vocation that you've had in your, your profession, uh, that's uh, the least they can do is, is provide that to you. Right. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Dennis is going to find out more about that uh, in about about seven months time. Seven months time. Yeah. And um, still going strong for seven months. Well, I don't know about strong, but Robert has, uh, he's wrangled me into the RCIA program, which I'm really enjoying. Not as a, not as a catechumen, but as one of the catechists, David. And uh, I, we were saying the other day, just myself and Robert, how it should almost be a refresher course for Catholics in the pews at, uh, various parishes because i'm learning i I think i'm you know i'm teaching the occasional time but i'm also learning a lot as as we go through this with uh all these people coming into the faith it's that has been such a blessing in the last couple of months i was a bit a little bit reluctant at first but uh robert held my hand for the first couple of sessions and uh i'm good to go now it's quite it's really enjoyable and it's really inspirational to hear some of the people's stories and the more you give the more you receive too isn't that the it's a mystery of the spiritual life and our walk with the Lord, but it really is true, isn't it? That's that's an excellent point, David. I'm finding mm. that more and more, and just we're just able to talk a lot about a lot more. And I know Robert is running around, doing a lot of different things, but uh, 
he seems to be enjoying it as well. Obviously, he can speak to that. I, I well, have to say, it's great having a minion around. I mean, someone went and picked <laughs> up some cookies. Uh, Basically, for us the I, get, other day, so. I get the coffees and cookies ready. <laughs> That's and important to keep people engaged. You got to have some sweets and goodies. Yeah. Well, how's RCA going? Like, you know, post this this crazy virus here. You know, the the, the numbers were down in our churches across Canada. I mean, um, from from every program, right? Uh, How's RCA in, in your parish and, and generally speaking around the, the GTA there? No, again, truly blessed in our parish now in St. Bernadette where I'm working, which is Dennis's home parish. And uh, they called me in to keep him on the straight and narrow there, right? Um, <laughs> Make but sure I, I was still, the, the collection uh, box was still getting hit. But I think this year at the moment, we have six or seven catechumens registered nice. for the RCA program. And just over the weekend, there were a couple more inquiries came in, right? Beautiful. So there are people who are searching for the truth. And mm -hmm. truly, those are the people that are, are coming in to the RCA program uh, with us at St. Bernadette is they're searching for the truth and they're searching for the foundation that the faith can provide them, right? Yes. And so I think coming out of this crazy virus, like you were saying, people realize that there's more than just what the world has to offer. And they're mm -hmm. searching for that something more than what the world is offering. And a couple of our catechumens just said, like, I'm looking for that. And I just keep getting drawn into this parish. I, I'll drive by the church and something will tell me that is where I'm supposed to be. Right. So the, 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 the Lord is working in mysterious ways. The Lord is working in great ways. Uh, they always say he, he writes with crooked lines. Uh, and so he's pulling out of this pandemic and people taking a good, long, hard look at their lives and where they're at spiritually and people realizing that again, like I just said, there's more than what the world has to offer. Mm. And so he's calling them home. He's calling mm -hmm. them home. And then we're getting guys like Dennis who, you know, warm the pew every Sunday coming out and they're deepening their faith through the process as well. Yes. But you shaky, know, shaky ground is what this world is on. I think there's a lot of people that are looking for the truth and this world needs more Catholics, more Catholics that are engaged with their faith, living life in a state of grace so that they're ready for those challenges. They're ready to, to give an account with joy the joy that lives within us oh for okay, sure right? for sure so and for sure. that was my point david to just when i spoke a few words at the beginning when we we're introduced to all of it there's about four you of said us. something there, there was about four of us and i said we don't need more people coming into the faith you know just to be kind of lapsed catholics we have enough of those yeah. like come into the faith for the right mm -hmm. reasons and you know and and looks like the ones we have coming every tuesday night are in it for the right reasons funny you say that i was listening to you know the cordial catholic and he mentioned about just tongue-in-cheek that you know the bad rcia programs that have been out there for many that years came out right after the the session you gave it <laughs> and i was thinking to myself you know and he had mentioned as well i think with his guests why is that not a full-time position robert is a full-time position at the church the youth minister was well, part-time but you know the rcia that that should be first and foremost one of the you know main positions mm -hmm, at mm -hmm. the church and it seems to go maybe to the parishioners who've been doing it for 20 or 30 years and nobody seems to take it up but such an important position yet i don't think it's given the value that it, it needs in many of the parishes and i don't know a how we point. change that great point yep 
And, and one of the, one our of the world big things is really. Oh, oh, go sorry, ahead, Robert, go ahead. No, no, go, I was no. just, just going to say the way the world is, it really tries to shut down the voice of the church and of Catholics. I think that's intimidating for people because having an RCA director at every parish would be fantastic. But we really need a team of people to help with those those outreach goals, right? Because we got to get outside the walls of our own church sometimes and reach out to other people. And it's a bit of a scary place out there, right? And I know even for myself, you know, praying for for that courage to to recognize the grace when God puts someone in my path that we can we can share the faith with or just share, just act in charity towards them, whether that's in our word or deed. You know, there's been a lot of times, you know, sins of omission, right? I I miss those opportunities. <laughs> And I think it's it's difficult for Catholics. We live in, a, in an environment in this world that's um, very much against those, those kind of actions of, of Catholics being bold and being real forthright in their faith and sharing it with others. Well, yeah, no, and just quickly on, on two points that you mentioned there, David, um, I came across something on social media today along the lines of, you know, when the world is attacking faith, when the world is attacking a religion, when it's looking to target someone, it's almost always the Catholic church mm-hmm. that is targeted, right? Yes. Uh, you don't really see the mega churches or the, or the non-denominal, non-denominational churches being being targeted. But to your, your second point, as far as us as Catholics kind of being afraid to go out into the world, we don't have to go out and stand on a soapbox on mm-hmm. the corner. We just need to be that friendly face. We need to be that person that someone feels confident coming to because I think there's a lot of people out there that are seeking that want to ask, but are afraid to ask. And when they see us as that gentle person of faith, they'll ask. And then we just need yes. to be ready to, to gently guide them to, towards the door. And that's really where um, we were talking about, uh, you know, a, a topic to talk about today. We want to talk about faith and fellowship, right? And that that's a very important part, but before we can get into fellowship, Fellowship sometimes needs a little bit of a lubricant, yes. right? And so uh, as much as this is going out with the, the Catholic Canuck, but it's also the pints and pews. So we need to uh, have our pint to go along with the discussion. And we've nattered on long enough. I forgot about my our, beer. That's yeah, right. it wouldn't be the same. Because the conversation was so warm. good, we forgot about her beer, right? So, David, what did you bring to drink with us this evening? All right. Yes, yes, indeed. And I am thirsty as always. It's nice after you're done a hard day's work, whatever you're doing, to have a brew. So the last couple of times that we chatted, and I brought in some craft brew from southern Alberta. So I think there people are wondering, well, you're from around Edmonton. You should probably bring something more local. So I did this time. It's called uh, uh, a light rail, hazy pale ale. It's from Campio Brewing, and they are located in downtown Edmonton. They have a, a nice restaurant there too, and uh, so in a, in a pretty wide range of different beers that they have. So I I picked this one. Uh, the first one I could see was from around the Edmonton area. I grabbed it, and that's what I'm drinking today, guys. Nice, representing nice. Alberta. Nice. Yes, pale ale after Robert's heart. Exactly, but it's, it's not it's not really a pale ale kind of day out here in southern Ontario. Yeah. It's been yeah. dark and dreary, overcast. We had a nice light snow falling today. So uh, second week in a row or second episode in a row, I've got a, an Irish stout. So from Midtown Brewing Company, which I believe is out of Toronto, mm-hmm. um, I have their dry Irish stout here oh, so just you're really it, it was a, it was a, a cold dark day so it was definitely a day for uh, as we say on the pints and pews podcast dennis what kind of day is it it's a dunkle kind of day 
There we go. So I'm going to get my I, Irish Dunkel out here. Actually, just aside on the weather, Dave, have you not been getting great weather in Edmonton the past couple of weeks? Like unseasonably mild or, or am I mistaken? I think that's why I picked this particular brew because it does feel like a, a type of a beer you drink maybe on a golf course or something like that. Uh, but yeah, we, we don't really have any snow here as we record this at the beginning of December. There's and I think that's the first time in, uh, I don't know how many years you haven't had snow in November, if I'm right. It's pretty incredible. Yeah. And uh, our friends in Southern Alberta have been getting a little bit of snow, but just seems here in this North Central area, we've managed to to dodge the white stuff. But I don't know about you guys, but I like having a white Christmas. So I'm hoping that we do get at least some snow uh, by then. So I think you'll get yeah. some snow. It yes. is Alberta after. It'll all. come with a vengeance probably. Yeah. And Dennis, my friend, what have you got? This one's out of Canada Brewing uh, Company in, uh, sorry, Big Rig Brewery in Canada, Ontario, just outside of Ottawa, the biggest craft brewery in Ottawa now. Home of the Senators. And it, that's right. It's mm. uh, now Busted Sled Gingerbread Stout. Take a look at that little. That's not that the, not another one of those. I, I was looking beers, for a Christmassy. See the busted sled there and the gingerbread. The I was busted looking for gingerbread man. He looks like he's in rough shape, <laughs> falling off that sled. And I was looking for a nice little Christmas uh, drink. And of course, I were in a, we were in our local LCBO because the government has to control the, <laughs> everything. <laughs> everything. One day we'll be able to go in and buy our alcohol, but we can get beer now in. Uh, you know, you know, maybe stores. now that you guys are going to have some extra time on your hands here a little bit, maybe we can start to to give government seminars on the Catholic teaching of subsidiarity and how that relates to alcohol right. distribution. Maybe yeah, they're at, not going to listen at the yeah. local level, yeah. David. Yeah, do the things the best. Level. Exactly. That's right. So well, why don't you, you already, give that up for them? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I got that. Well, that's a, a like a, yours. A, yeah. But be careful with it. That's that's you're just about ready to go over the top there, buddy. Yeah. Even by the time we pray, well. it'll be ready to go. There we go. And I, Father, I got it. And of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Bless, O Lord, this creature beer, which thou hast deigned to produce from the fat of grain, that it may be a salutary remedy to the human race, and grant through the invocation of thy holy name that whoever shall drink it may gain health and body and peace and soul through Christ our Lord. Amen. In the name Amen. of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Cheers, gentlemen. Cheers, gentlemen. Yeah, look at, look at that pour. Not a very good pour, guys. Look like I, I poured worse. that while I was golfing on a golf cart. But, well, yeah. It could be worse. Look at Dennis's. Now, when I said gingerbread, yes. you were worried, Robert, that it was oh, your favorite You gave, you gave me that ginger beer the one time. Gin and that gingerbread says It was undrinkable. Ooh. It was, it was, it, I think it's the only, the only beer I ever truly felt compelled to pour down the drain. Oof. I drank it, David. It wasn't that bad, Yeah, but yeah, I still have one left, I think from last Christmas. So you can um, keep it. It wasn't the best one. That's nice and smooth. That try to package it up, you know, for Christmas, you know, sometimes you can have those, uh, you know, the, the beer exchange or whatever, kind of a fun thing that you can do. And maybe that's when you package up and. Kind of slip into the <laughs> gift. Nobody really giving, knows you're giving it away. There we go. Yeah. There we go. Mix it in with some other good stuff. Mm. <laughs> wrap, wrap one of your guys' new t-shirts around it. Nobody will ever know. Be say, hey, you got a nice t-shirt. <laughs> also, they see... <laughs> see this garbage beer rolling out of it. We you have a what? reputation it's, to protect here on the podcast. It's, <laughs> it's not your favorite. I'm sure some people around the world will enjoy that beer. Uh, they're, they're brewing it for a reason, right? Somebody's uh, buying it. it mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Mm, that's good. How's your pale ale there, David? 
It's fantastic. Like I said, it, it reminds, it's taking me back right back to a golf course right now. It's uh, very nice, but yeah, we've been having some great weather here. Uh, the weather's warm and, and mild, no snow yet. So this is, this is a good, uh, good pick here, I think for today. And when you guys come and visit us, finally, maybe we'll have to do a little tour because Edmonton yeah. actually has a real nice, they call it a brewery district. It's actually not in downtown, but it's sort of south of downtown, maybe about 15 or 20 minutes. And there's like nine or 10 craft breweries just right, oh, right wow. in a row. So you can kind of do a little samples everywhere. It's really nice. Hmm. That yeah. sounds dangerous. Yes. Now, if we're aware, whatever, spend some of that retire money and rent that RV, we can head out west <laughs> one day. <laughs> you guys you, really should bring it a road trip, the Pines and Pews Roadshow. Would, would, would love to do that. Would love to do that. So, Catch up um, with Sean in Calgary and make our way up north there. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. You guys can see Sean Lynn. That's right. Get into the yeah. pub. <laughs> yep. Yeah, make our way all the way out to the left coast. That would be that would be fun. Mm. That would that would be good. Come There's back. some good spots going through the Okanagan into Vancouver. Oh yeah, that would be oh. a fun show. I might, I might even have to jump on for a little bit. Maybe for a few days, I'll come with you. Oh, and that would be great. That's my wife' permission, and you guys save the back seat for me there. Don't pack too go. much luggage. We <laughs> now, I I can say this because we don't have too many listeners from those parts. But the only problem with driving out there is we got to get through these two little places called Manitoba and Saskatchewan, yeah. right? Yeah, that, 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 that could be long places. Yeah, when it mm-hmm. comes to to craft brew, I don't know, guys. I'm yeah, sure we're know. gonna have, we're gonna get some emails. Maybe that's good. We'll get some. We'll find out exactly who's listening to us out there. That let us right. know if there's some good spots to stop at. Outside of Dennis's mother-in-law, I don't know if anyone listens to us, right? Right outside of um, uh, in Mrs. Alberta, in, in in Manitoba, Saskatchewan. Yeah, Mrs. Coop is still listening. <laughs> There, there um, no, I would love that, but uh, we got to do it in the summer and we got to share the driving because yes. as mm. Robert pointed out for our American listeners, once you get out of Ontario, it's a long, long drive to Alberta still. And Ontario is about from going here to Northern Ontario. It's almost like from here to Florida. So most of our provinces fast. are countries in their own, aren't yeah, that's they? That's right. It's that's huge. right, David. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. we had, we had a guest from Belgium a couple of years ago and she was just floored. Like, for example, we were taking the train into Toronto and Lake Ontario itself. The surface area is half of Belgium. Wow. Right. Yeah. And uh, we, we drove from Toronto to Ottawa. And at that point, we've driven across the Belgium at its two longest points. And there's a lot fewer monasteries and breweries in between those points here in southern Ontario than you would find in Belgium. So that's right. And in Europe, I mean, you can go, what, five five or six countries in a in a 14-hour train ride right like you can really motor through pretty quickly if you just want to rip through the gauntlet so but david i just wanted to touch about something you brought up earlier on like myself and robert we we always said we always had captive audience because we were catholic teachers we taught religion in a catholic you know catholic schools and much more it must be much more difficult for yourself being in the private sector i guess within your parish it is but how do you where do you find those moments to kind of evangelize like you said you kind of had to you have to pick your moments because like you say, we have to be uh, very careful nowadays. We, we are under the gun in a certain way as Catholics. How do you find your moments? When do they, you know, when do these moments come about or, or do you kind of, do you see them ahead of time or do you just build relationships first as we've often spoken about? Well, I've been really blessed too. And you, you probably found this too guys where you, when you have children, you, it, it brings adults together, right? You meet different people and, and we homeschool our kids for the most part, but we also have uh, co-ops as well. And it's actually uh, introduced us to people from outside of our local parish here in Fort Saskatchewan, where I live, uh, that people that go to, say, the Anglican Ordinariate, uh, 
to the traditional Latin mass, um, to some other parishes at Edmonton. So it's actually really expanded our horizons to, to, uh, to meet other parents and other, other men too, for sure. Other dads, uh, in the community that, um, that are really trying to trying their best to be countercultural in a Catholic sense, but that really helps a lot to have that community to have, especially for men to have other men to support us along the way. So, you know, locally we've got a, a nice Knights of Columbus group here at our parish, but uh, you know, in, in the greater community of our, our homeschooling uh, co-ops and, and through these other parishes, we've really found a lot of fellowship there as well with, with other folks. Of course, by our, all of our listeners know who Brian Holdsworth is as an example and he's mm-hmm. doing a, a lot of really good work to try to to uh, to bring people talking about subsidiarity again, trying to bring bring business professionals and uh, other Catholic uh, men and women together to to sort of form these um, these groups that we can kind of support each other from a professional perspective. Because a lot of people are working nice. in the world, but we don't want to be of the world, right? Uh, but just to uh, to take care of each other a little bit more. And I think as Catholics, I think that that's. Uh, that's something that we can all really focus in on right from the parish level and then on outwards, right? Just to, to make sure that we have a community that, that we get to know each other better. And one of the dangers I think of having those, the super, the mega church, I know it's sometimes it's the most practical thing to do from the perspective of money. And I don't know if you, I'm sure in the Toronto area and around Ontario, just because there is still a lot of Catholics that go to mass. Uh-huh. We'd love to see more of course, but sometimes those smaller churches close and they say, okay, well, you know, go 15 minutes down the road to the to the larger church, and they kind of amalgamate parishes. But I find, I don't know if you guys find this too, but it seems like we sort of lose that sense of community because our churches become big, and we may even go to the same parish as some people, but there might be four different mass times during a weekend, so you just miss them every time if it doesn't right. work with your schedule, right? But when it comes to opportunities, there's plenty in the in the world in the secular world, and the nature of my job too, because yeah, like you said, you know, when you work at a Catholic school, you definitely meet a lot of other Catholics too, at varying degrees of their, mm-hmm. their spiritual walk. But, um, you know, not being afraid to be upfront and, and out front about your faith. It doesn't necessarily, I mean, you have to be preaching it all the time, but there are certain ways that you can tell people that, that you're Catholic, whether that's just explicitly saying that you are or little things that you celebrate throughout your life. Even talking about Christmas, talking about going to mass on Sunday, uh, just dropping those little hints, planting seeds. I think that's what we, we need to focus on is planting the seeds because at the end of the day, it's really the Holy spirit that's going to convert someone's heart, but we're there to plant those seeds. Right. Yeah. And I think it's very, very important to be planting those seeds. It's very important to be that quiet witness because as much as people aren't necessarily going to champion you or jump on the, the bandwagon, but when they find themselves in that moment of crisis, they know that you're the person that you that they can go to and i would say dennis and i would even have seen that working in the catholic school i always said we were kind of like in a catholic bubble mm-hmm. in, in a mm-hmm. lot of ways but as you said to varying degrees um, within the people whether it was staff or students there as far as how into their faith or, or I, I don't want to say how catholic they were but again just as far as to how in tune with the, the faith uh, in those moments when the rubber hit the road, they know that they can go to a guy like Dennis or come to someone like myself. And I'm sure in the business world, if something were to, to go on in the office, they would say, you know, that David, he's a, he's a man of faith, right? And 
he'll be there. He'll be able to help you navigate these waters from a place of faith. And again, I think that's important. And that leads into, and that helps develop the, the notion of fellowship that is so very, very important that you were talking about through the homeschool co-ops and through the Knights of Columbus and having those opportunities to hang out with other Catholic gentlemen. And it's not to say we're going to get along with all of them. We're not all going to become best buddies. But within that, you will find one or two people, one or two guys that you connect with. And I can tell you from experience of the last 10 years, having someone like Dennis at school really, really helped for myself to keep myself focused on the faith, to keep myself accountable to the faith. Well, d- definitely ditto there, Robert. But um, we we certainly seen it when we had the fellowship with fellow teachers and we would go out for a pint once a month after school. And you were running a men's group as well for a little while, Robert. So you were mm-hmm. actually doing much of this at night after hours and you were seeing the effects of that too. And as, as David mentioned, and I think a good quote that ties right into this was um, Eduardo, our chaplain at the school, he quoted, I guess it was Cardinal Collins, who's now Cardinal the Cardinal Emeritus of Toronto, Archbishop of Toronto, he said the faith is caught, it's not taught. The faith is not taught, it's caught. And and that speaks to what both of you are speaking about. The faith, you know, you want to catch it, right? You can't lecture people ad nauseum because eventually people, you'll turn a lot of people off at the time. So with the way you lecture at the RCIA, it's amazing (laughs) that we have anybody in there these days at all, right? Well, the numbers did drop in half, I guess you you failed to mention that. But I think that's important to remember because sometimes we want to teach this faith and we want to teach it hard, but really you've just got to see it. You got to see the faith being done in action. And I think that's, Mm. hopefully that's what we're doing, all three of us. Now, what do you guys think are things that we can draw out of that, that fellowship? Like I mentioned accountability a couple of minutes ago where, you know, there would be times when say at school, I didn't feel like doing the, the Friday morning prayer and Dennis would give me a push or, you know, every so often I would drop the hint, like Dennis, maybe it's time you get yourself into the confessional box there, my friend. Mm. So uh, outside like of David I, says I at least three times a year. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Advent, Lent, and any time that you're in a state of mortal Don't wait a sin. second. You're in a state no, of state can't of be sin. there, right? And isn't yeah. that the challenge I think we all need to give to each other? That's the most important challenge is really staying in a state of grace. Maybe helping each other recognize the reality of sin in this world. And I don't know about, about you guys. I, I heard, I can't remember who it was. There was a priest I was talking about this maybe a month or two ago. But even just sins in our thoughts. You know, when we're, when we're at Mass and we do the I confess to Almighty God. And we get to the part where, you know, through our sins, through our, our thoughts or in my thoughts and in my words, in my thoughts, you know, I think sometimes I know I get stuck on, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not committing any sins. I'm not doing bad deeds or anything that, that, uh, you know, people can see or, you know, anything like that. That's, that's nefarious. That's why sometimes people say, well, I'm a good person. Cause I haven't, I haven't killed anyone. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, right. It's like the, yeah, it's kind of the, the very least, uh, the entry level point of holiness, I guess. But, but I was thinking about that in my thoughts too. So there's, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's, uh, there's things that, that we can do and we can encourage other people too, is that it's not just the, you know, the deeds. And if you're managed to, to hold yourself back from sins of, um, 
better maybe manifest themselves a little bit more in front of others, but also in our thoughts and, and mm-hmm. our idle time and what we, and what we think about what festers in our head that wastes time when we should be filling our thoughts with, with Jesus Christ and, and living a virtuous life. Right. Yeah. No, I like when you use that word fester uh, Mm -hmm. with regards to thoughts, because the the sin isn't in the temptation, right? The the temptation comes from sin. The sin is not in the temptation, but how long do you let that temptation linger, right? Mm -hmm. How long do you let that temptation fester? And that's something I struggle with myself personally. And I'll catch myself going, okay, yeah, like the temptation, that, that temptuous thought came in, but buddy, you're letting it run, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, you're, you're letting that yeah. thought take on a whole life of its own. And I got to pull myself back. Right. Like that, the idleness as well too, David, that's a, a very good point. The, the yeah. cesspool, the cesspool yeah. of the cell phone. Right. Yeah. I was just going <laughs> to say that that's something I struggle with. You know? And sometimes it's not necessarily evil content you're looking at. You could be, mm-hmm. you know, we, we all like sports, all three of us right. and, and most of our listeners probably like sports too, but you know, you can, you know, get yourself there for 20, 30 minutes looking at reels of, you know, sports highlights. And then you're done. You're like, man, what, what really did I gain from that? Oh, exactly. Exactly. And thinking of that on the accountability and, and the cesspool of our cell phones, I think it's really important for married couples to share accounts. Yes. For that, because Mm. we all know how the algorithms work. Right. And if you let yourself, again, get pulled into that temptation that is out there and then your wife picks up her phone and all of a sudden all of that's coming through hers, like if anything's going to hold you accountable, it's going to be that, right? Good point, yes. Robert. That's right. Yeah. No, that's for sure. No, but uh, Robert, are you doing, I, I was just saying when, when Robert took on this LPA position at the church, uh, David, he mentioned that. You know, most of his time is spent with, you know, older women who have been at the church for, you know, 30 or 40 years doing all these tasks that need to be done. So I don't see a lot other than the nights. I don't see a lot of fellowship maybe that is there for men. I, I Maybe it has to be outside of the parish, like you say, going for a pint, watching a game where you can make these relationships happen. But I don't but know. But you what, can make that happen best... in the parish too, right? Mm-hmm. Right. You can make that happen in the parish too, but it just takes someone stepping up. So from what, I, from what I'm hearing here, Dennis, mm-hmm. is that once you retire, you're going to run I a mean, men's faith and fellowship group at the parish, right? I think and, you you, and you'll no. get a license in your smart serve and we'll have pints afterwards. I like that. I love that. I, I, when I met the, the parish office tomorrow, I'll bring that up with Father. I thought it you said I had to do, into a I job thought, there for sure. I thought you said I had to do the RCIA <laughs> refresher for Catholics and then and then the fellowship. You're going to have lots well. of time on your hand. Buddy. I am. Like, yeah. There we go. Well, that points to David's point. Otherwise, I'll just be sitting around idle, right? So, might as well make the most of <laughs> but it. That that personal touch means something, though, doesn't it, fellas? There is something to be said for that, especially after this time of COVID. I think people really miss that. Uh, you oh, know, I went sure. to Calgary for Stampede sure. this year. It's one of my favorite things to do in Alberta is rodeo, of course. And they had record n- numbers of people and everybody I talked to on the grounds, I mean, it was really crowded, but people just wanted to get out and just see other people and have some fun. And there was something about being even in a big crowd that people really enjoyed. And, uh, you know, I think that that's the same, even at church, we're really fortunate here. Um, the, the parishes that, that we go to, um, our numbers have actually, they've, they've definitely come up, um, a fair amount. Uh, I think it's, it has to do with the community itself and what they plan for the uh, the greater com- the greater church community 
after mass on Sundays or even just throughout the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that there's that, that outreach has been successful, even if it's just a few parishes here in our area, but I can see that the, uh, the, the fruits of that is that our attendance on Sundays has, has actually gone up or at least it's been definitely flat even before COVID. Cause I think we've probably heard too, it must be like that even if parishes in, in Ontario and Eastern Canada were um, the, the decline has been very steady and it's when COVID happened, it was just like, it just kind of fell off the, off the platform, right off the cliff. Now, anyone right. that was waiting for an excuse to get out, they use that as their, yeah. their excuse. Yeah. And the more I've been in my position here, David, and kind of to, to the point of what you're just talking about, I'm realizing there's almost three aspects to our faith. I mean, there, there's the worship of God, there's the mass, there's the the sacrifice of the Eucharist, which is the source and somewhat of our faith. And that really yes. needs to be, yes. to be number one. Mm-hmm. But supporting that, we have the fellowship aspect, which we're talking about here this evening, and also the, the catechetical aspect, the teaching aspect as well, which we've also mm-hmm. talked about when we've been mentioning the RCIA. And all three of those are very important to developing our, our faith life. Right. Again, worship is number one. There's no argument there. Like that, that, that is the source and summit. But the fellowship aspect, being in contact with others, uh, is vitally important, as well as learning about the faith, deepening our faith, and, and coming to a greater wisdom and understanding uh, of the faith. And again, to what you were just mentioning, David, the personal aspect is the the personal invitation. I think, again, there's a lot of people that are out there looking for something, and they're just waiting to be invited. They're just waiting to be asked to, to come along. And I would say the the in would be asking them to one of those fellowship events, and then they'll, they'll grow into the, the worship end of things. Because don't you, don't you think that, you know, even just looking outside of the Catholic Church to other denominations, sometimes it can be really intimidating looking at them. And even some places, you know, you know maybe not even Christian denominations, but some other places where it, you really need to know someone in order to go. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes people in their head think, well, maybe I need to, you know, do I need money to get in? Do I need a you know, do I need a ticket? Do I need, you know, an ends or something to sponsor me to even get inside of a Catholic church? I think people are really surprised how accessible a Catholic church is. And that's one of the points of evangelization that we can give. And that's why I love beautiful churches. I know you have some amazing churches in Ontario and Quebec that I'd love to visit someday, but that's the beauty of Catholicism is that, you know, people can go on their own time, come into a beautiful church, look at architecture, look at the stained glass, look at the statues, and they can, can really take them to, um, a higher place, a place of, of beauty and something that the world doesn't offer right now. You know, like our cathedrals are kind of being replaced by hockey arenas now, but true beauty, people can see that in a beautiful basilica or a beautiful cathedral. And we have so many in Canada, don't we? We've got beautiful ones. And I, I like the way you speak to accessibility, David, as well. And I think that speaks also to the universality of the church, right? A person will go in there and they'll see somebody like themselves. Yes. At every church. And we especially see that, Robert, at our church on, on Sundays, do we not? We see people from all over the globe there. And and that's why oh, I really sure. enjoy going to the coffee fellowships, which we now have two Sundays a month, because we get a chance to speak with people from different countries. Just last week, myself and Robert were speaking to a refugee from Uganda. And it, his story was great. And he joined the choir at our church. And I thought, here's a person who's coming from halfway across the world and is able to find a Catholic church because he knows that this is a place that he'll find safe haven, he'll find a community, yes. and he'll be able to worship his faith. I mean, how good is that? 
Yeah, and that, and that really is the beauty of our Catholic faith, is like anywhere in the world, you can walk into a church and you're home. Mm-hmm. You're Absolutely. home. You're, home. you're going to you're recognize home. the stained glass. You're going to recognize the statue. And even if you don't speak the language, you're going to recognize the mass. Yes. Right. And and that's absolutely beautiful. That's funny. And you said that because that was our last conversation, guys. If you don't, if you don't remember when we had that. I don't remember breakfast. Year, about... Yeah, we're a little bit <laughs> we're a little bit older than you, David. So just refresh us if you could. Well, the great great equalizers having four kids. I don't know for us. Oh, I don't know for me. It just seems like the more kids I've had, the more I forget things. But last time we chatted, my dad came from at the time it was Czechoslovakia, and that was what he really. Uh, made him feel at home was coming to Canada, even though he didn't know the language uh, as a different culture. Um, you know, he was escaping some pretty nasty stuff mm-hmm. there. You know, that was under a communist, uh, brutal communist regime there. Uh, but coming to the Catholic church, he felt like he was you know, equal among everybody and everybody treated him the same because he was a brother Catholic, even if he didn't know the language. And at the time, of course, uh, when he came, it was actually before uh, that was at the time when everything was in Latin. So he loved mm-hmm. Latin language because he could pray and he could sing in the same language that he had at home where he had great memories of, of going to the Catholic church and going to mass. Um, but you know, even, even if, you know, Latin isn't necessarily the language right now for everybody, there is still is, uh, there's so much in common that we have with our Catholics from all around the world. And that's even including the mass readings. I love that too. Sometimes you go to another country, they have a whole other language and they may not be reading uh, you know, this, the scripture, the, the, the readings and the gospel, the Psalm in your language, but you can follow along because you can you know figure exactly it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just on that, because uh, I'm, I'm looking at the, the time here and uh, for some of I think for all three of us, it's actually a work night tonight. And uh, for some of us, it's after our, our bedtime here, David, um, you know, Dennis is an old guy. So anyway, He's, he has to get tucked in pretty soon. Wait, do you have a morning shift or is it an afternoon shift for you tomorrow? <laughs> I don't have to start until noon tomorrow. Oh, so. there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I get to sleep in. Right? Time. Yeah. Well, we've got so, to do this more often so that we have yeah. this, you know, the, lots yeah, of time to do for this. For sure. Yeah, Absolutely. It goes fast. Yeah. But, but, but talking about, you know, feeling at home when we go into a Catholic church and knowing that the timing of, of this podcast, like yesterday was the first Sunday of Advent. Right. Yeah. So we're, we're getting ready for Christmas. We're looking forward to Christmas and guaranteed either the evening of the 24th of December or the morning of the 25th, uh, a third to a half of the people in the pews, yeah. you know, they're making their yearly pilgrimage. Right. So w- what can, or you know, twice yearly, you know, Easter, Easter Christmas. Just don't sit in my pew. I've got the corner section, 10 rows back. You know what I have to say to that? I, actually, joke, I, 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 I know you're joking. Yeah. I put it out on Twitter one year, I think at Christmas time, to the person that was sitting in my pew at the Christmas mass, <laughs> can you come back next week and sit in it again, please? Right? That's nice. Right? Right. That's nice. But that comes to my question. What yeah. can we do as regulars, right, as the, the, the wily veterans, if you will, what can we do to help these folks that are coming for the first time and who knows how long feel at home so that next week they're coming back again. They're saying this was an, a, a great experience. I felt at home. I felt the community. I felt the love. I want to come back to continue receiving that kind of joy. So what are some things that we can do as Catholic vets to help them along? 
Well, David, I'll let you jump in. But for me, it's always uh, I always try to give a big smile to people I I don't see on a right. Well, I I do that for people I see regularly. But for those I know who are coming here on Christmas and Easter, smile and maybe chance for a conversation out in the narthex as as we're leaving a quick conversation. But and and to make sure that you know if they're coming into the pew, I don't hug that side pew. I move over into the middle so they don't feel like they're you know stepping over myself or you know family members or something. That's a great idea, actually. That's, yeah, that's a, because I know we into we, the middle you know, of the pew. Yeah, yeah, so just should, slide over. Just it's go. not a big deal, right? You can still see the. We want fast and... exit to get out at the end of the you know the final <laughs> blessing, which is is not right at all. Then Dennis is the master of the fast exit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been I've been staying for the two full verses, the two full uh, choruses in the song for sure. I've been saying right to the end. It's eight thirty. To say like oh. a hockey referee there, Dennis. You know the <laughs> the quick way and the back way in and out of every arena. <laughs> I got all the exits uh, figured out. <laughs> Max. You know, do you remember the uh, a really nice ministry in the United States called Dynamic Catholic? They had a mm-hmm. program several years ago where they were encouraging parishes to buy bulk loads of books, like you know, literally like hundreds yeah, we, of books at a time. We we, a we did that at a parish one time. Yeah, how did that go? It, it went really really well, actually. Now yeah. the the. Uh, the, the, the catch to it for us here as Canadian Catholics, as they say, well, we'll sell you them for a dollar a book. But the shipping to get the dollar book up to Canada, I think, was like five or six dollars a book. Mm-hmm. Almost right. Oh, like that. Wow. Um, but we we did do that one year. I can't remember. I think we, ordered I think we did that as well. Books. I think we got a Matt Frag yeah. book up here and it was really cheap. It was $5 or less, Robert. So they must have, the church, the parish must have subsidized it somewhat. Yeah. Well, no, they, they, were, they were cheap, to, fairly cheap to get. And I think we charged $2 a book. We had uh, Matthew mm-hmm. Kelly's Rediscovering Catholicism. Well, maybe it was Matthew Kelly's Rediscovering. Maybe it was a uh, archdiocese wide, now that you mentioned that. I can't really remember. Yeah. Um, but it, it went over really, really well. It did. Uh, I... I know for Matthew Kelly, Dynamic Catholic, for that, the principle is we'll sell you these books really cheap. You just give them away for free. Yeah. But I remember our pastor at the time said, no, we're going to charge them $2 a book because if you're giving the books away for free, they're going to grab a dozen to give out and it's just going to sit on somebody's coffee table and nobody's going to read it. But if you charge sure. them $2, then they're invested and then they're going to want yeah. to read it, right? That was a few just, years ago. I'd forgotten totally about, about that. About 10 years ago. Yeah. There's something to be said too for just giving something to someone, putting it in their hand and you know, you know, wishing them a Merry Christmas at the time and Happy New Year. Love to see you again. Maybe inside that book, maybe it's a prayer card. I'm not saying it has to be a book either. I was right? going to just say prayer cards would be a, a nice card. little something. And on the back, you know, put some some good websites, some good Catholic websites where they can maybe some apologetic sites, maybe even have the website to Mass Times. Uh, I think the Knights of Columbus used to have a, um, at least in Canada, I think they had a, um, a little booklet that they would give out mm-hmm. to people so that if you were traveling, you would have the mass times mm-hmm. or even a phone number for all the parishes in case you were out traveling, which was a great idea. But maybe something like that, you know, something to just to give someone, whether that's a, a, a book or maybe just a, a prayer card, something on the back saying, or even the mass times at your local parish. I think there is something to be said for something physical and giving it in their hands. You know, I'm sure there'll be announcements after because, hey, it's great to see you. Please yep. sign up for our our uh, our e-letter or our our text or something like that. Please, please sign up for the pre-authorized giving. 
<laughs> then there's that, right? And and you know, maybe a, a time and a place, right? For, for yeah. Yeah. those kind of things. Now but... don't scare our listeners. Nobody has to do any pre-authorized giving in order to come. But no, you're absolutely right, David. Maybe but there's a something... percentage that we would get. I really, really believe that because to to the point that we were talking about earlier, some people just need to be invited. Some people yeah. just need that yeah. little extra push. And uh, sometimes we don't realize how close people are to coming back into a relationship with Jesus and the church. I think Dennis just signed himself up for another retirement ministry. <laughs> now, why don't we do something? We, we see this every Christmas and Easter, yet, you know, we don't do anything to bring these people back the next week. And I think yeah. that's on us. That's not on them. They're looking for a spiritual home. And I kind of, maybe we failed in a way that we haven't been able to bring some of these people back with us for the following Imagine just the, Just the fact that they're in the door that day. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the sacraments are bringing them back, whether they know it or not. You know, Christ is, is speaking to them in some way. Maybe even, and I was just thinking of this right now, you know, you hear these prayer bouquets, people come up with these, you know, prayer chains, maybe something in our parish that, you know, in September, October, we say, hey, you know, Christmas is around the corner. Why don't we all start offering rosaries up for our sacrifices? Maybe we even come up with a number. You know, what, what if we had... <laughs> You know, 20, 20 different individuals, even if it was just 20 in our parishes saying, we're going to pray a rosary every day, right up till, till Christmas. And then maybe even after our Christmas, uh, our masses, the vigil mass or whatever, just make a quick announcement and say, you know, to everybody that's visiting here, just so you know, we've been praying for you. We, we love you. We've been doing this for, for several weeks that we've been offering our prayers and our, you know, supplication masses, those kind of things. Uh, I wonder if that wouldn't have a, a powerful influence on people. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think that would draw people in. I think for those people who are in the right place to be receptive to that, that would be something that, wow, like these people cared for me even before I came through the yeah, door. Through the doors, yeah. And you couple that again with that physical object. Here's Both. a here's here's a prayer card for you. Um, and it just with you know, it could be the Our Father on the back, and then at the bottom, right. like you said, the parish name and the the mass times and the the website. I think, mm-hmm. you know, would be fantastic, and that could even just go into somebody's drawer. And the way the Holy Spirit works, that moment that they're in some kind of crisis, and they just happen to open that drawer at that particular moment, and they see that prayer card there, it, it will lay dormant until it's needed and spark something. Yeah. But I, I think both of you make a good point in that, first of all, they're coming to Mass on that Easter Sunday and Christmas Day. So there's, you know, the Holy Spirit's bringing them in. And we can't get mad at the fact that they're taking up some seats there. And I know some people do get upset when they're standing at the sides or they can't get out of the parking lot. And we have to get over that. And we have to realize that there's a reason there is something that brought these God brought these people here today and we've got to embrace that. And I always, you know what, David, I'll be honest with you up until a few years ago, I was one of those, you know, you know, would get in there, maybe get in there 15 minutes early and all the seats were taken. And then I just kind of embraced it. And I stood at the side and I said, you know what, that's fine. I'll stand for one mass. It's not a big deal over there. I can do that for Easter and, and, uh, Christmas. If anything, when the church is crowded, I'd rather stand anyways. I just, I feel like I can breathe (laughs) at that point. (laughs) But there's a spiritual battle going on, right? Even amongst our own Catholics that show up for Mass. We know that by the amount of people that actually believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. We know that there's a battle even in our seats right now. 
So I think we spoke about that last time, didn't we? 70% yeah. or something like that, yeah, David? Do not a, believe a, in that? Yep. A startling number, right? So, uh, so, and we know that there's a spiritual battle going on with the, these, these people, these, a lot of them are families, moms and dads, children, um, you know, what's bringing them? Well, there was probably a pull for, to keep them from even coming in the first place. Right. So, so we know that there's, there's, there's a spiritual warfare aspect of this as well, that we need to uh, certainly acknowledge and pray about as well. Right. And, mm-hmm. And well, realize for sure, that's, for sure. it's a struggle. Yeah. Right. But the, you know, the Eucharistic revival that we've heard in the States, right? Like our, our brothers and sisters down in the, the U.S., we've been hearing about, uh, you know, a, a fair amount of money being invested in it too by the by the bishops. But that uh, that seems to be a great place to start. But I always say it's, you know, when, when we're talking about the Eucharist, we also have to tie in that element of confession as well so that we can live in a state of grace at all times. Because I know when I'm not there and I'm in those seconds where I'm not in a state of grace, you know, the, the world is just, it, I'm not thinking as clearly as I should. I don't speak the way I should. I don't think the way I should. Uh, but when we go to confession, I'm sure you'll find this too. And I'm not speaking for either of you, but I'm sure you'll agree. But just things become so much more clear in the spiritual life. And even in, in our temporal life, when we look at, you know, these wild events that are going on in the world, not only in the church, but also in the, in the world things just become so much more clear when you're going to confession frequently. And I think that also comes to the, our faith in Jesus Christ and, and being catechized and opening our hearts to, to learn what the church has to say, what Jesus has to say through the church that he's given to us. Now, does that make sense to you guys? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I even find for myself, the, the more often I'm able to get to confession, um, as we were talking about earlier, those, those thoughts festering, they don't fester as much. Mm. I feel better prepared, better armed to deal with the temptations as they come, where when it has been a longer period since I was at confession, I get pulled into the temptations and uh, yeah, I fester and I linger and I'm just not in as good a place as I was. And then my family ends up taking the brunt of it because I'm miserable. Not to mention the load that's been lifted off your shoulders once you've been given absolution by the priest when you walk out of the confession. You feel like you're a new man. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah, maybe on the end and tailing into the, the Christmas message, maybe having some of those penitential services between Christmas and New Year's. I mean... Our priests are, are I know, are, are busy. They got a lot mm-hmm. going on, but so many of them are so generous in their time to to hear confession. Maybe that's a good message because we know they got to stick around for, uh, in Canada, we know that that's a, a big feast day for us and around the world, January 1st, and mm-hmm, Blessed mm-hmm. Virgin Mary. So it's a day of obligation for us anyway. So they're going to be at, mm-hmm. at Mass on New Year's Day and New Year's Eve. Maybe there's a, a time in between that we can, that they can offer confession to. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense because we always have the Advent Day of Confession and the and the Lenten right. Day of Confession, but the only people hearing about that are the people that are attending Mass regularly, anyways. Exactly. Whereas, like you're saying, if you have a, a Christmas Day of Confession, then yeah, more people are going to hear about it, and again, even if you just get one or two. Mm-hmm. who, you know, this has been niggling at me and they see that as the invitation back. Good point. Right. 100%. Right. And you were the, t- amazing conversion stories we've heard, right. To, of people that are away from the church and just one invite, one confession, one, 
uh, great moment of grace and and the great fruits that they give our church today. It just one person makes such a big difference that one one sheep, right? That Jesus would come look for. Oh, for sure, for sure. And yeah, again, that's coming back to this whole uh, notion of you know the the fruit that is ready to be harvested come Christmas time with these people that are, are coming through the door, that if we are invitational, if we do have the Dennis Kivlihan smile going and move to the center of the pew to, to let them sit in, <laughs> we will be drawing people back in. And we, you know, the, our churches would be bursting at the seams every weekend. So I, I, again, I think that's such an important part in allowing that them to see, again, the fellowship aspect and the joy that we have in the faith is is so very very key. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. So just as we're finishing up here, gentlemen, how was the the pale ale still as good now as it was at the beginning there, David? Yeah, I lost the the top. All the all the fizz is gone. Thank goodness. All the, but the head's uh, gone yeah, there. Yeah, it's a it's great a great conversation. It's been going down at a perfect. Uh, Perfect amount, still got a little bit left here, so it's great. The, the, the perfect pace. And how about the the gingerbread beer there, Dennis? The gingerbread stout, Robert. It's not the gingerbread saison mm-hmm. that you detest. It's the gingerbread stout, and it's very good. And it's still, I still got a little bit left, actually. So I say good. you've you've got a Guinness glass just like myself there. I do, my friend. Got good tasting glasses there, the, my friend. Does it actually taste like gingerbread, or does it taste like that pickled ginger from the sushi that you gave me? No, it it tastes like uh, more like a stout. You can there's hints of gingerbread. It's not overpowering in any way. Very nice. But gentlemen, nice. a lot of food for thought tonight. That uh, absolutely something for our listeners, something for ourselves to to take in for sure. And we need to be joyful too, don't we, guys? Like you know, like I said, the, the in the world, it's it's wild. The church right now, there's all kinds of stories and distractions. But at the end of the day, we have the deposit of faith. We have mm-hmm. church teachings. We have the catechism. We have everything we need. So, yeah. you know, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. No. We just need to have that love for Jesus Christ and to follow what the church has taught forever. I don't, you know, I'm not, I'm not worried about anything because it's in mm-hmm. God's hands and we can control ourselves. We can control what, what we control, can control and that's our own souls and, and our behaviors and, and how we live that sacramental life. And it's got to be a, a daily choice, right? Yeah. And from that, we will be that witness and we'll be that quiet witness that draws other people into our joy. Yes. Into the into the joy of our faith. I was just going to say, at Dennis's age, it's no longer called joy; it's called being jolly. You know, right. we're, we're almost the same age, maybe a little bit older, right? Although he did retire much much uh, earlier than myself, um, David. Well, Fair but enough. you know what? It's it's a joy. It's fun to be Catholic. I know it sounds silly it to so say. Sometimes fun. we say fun, but it's it that like the word is it's it's tied to joy. Is fun. It that's the way it is to me. I, I mean, it's. Uh, it's like going a... on a great ride and it, it's the, the spiritual life has got ups and downs, but it's a great ride when you're, when you're with Jesus and you're in the church, it's, it's and there's such a, a richness, eh, David. And yeah. I, I think, you know, when I went back and did some studies just a few years ago and went back and, and I thought to myself, they said, well, what did you learn? And I, I, you know, even though I had done a degree, I just scratched the surface of the stuff that's within the Catholic so church, rich. a thousand years of the yeah. church, yeah. right? We'll never just, know it all. We'll never live long enough to fully embrace and get everything, but it's just, it's there for us. And it's such a beautiful thing. And that's why it's so welcoming to people. That's why so many people are so attracted to it. Yes. They're attracted to the truth, which is Jesus personified, right? Right. And talking about scratching the surface, Dennis, I feel like that's kind of what we've done here 
this evening. We've yes. only just kind of scratched the surface. And if well, it we wasn't for the Catholic year. faith, uh, we never would have come together, the three of us. I guess I the... What did we say? It was you said it was about sixteen months or something. A year and a half. Year and a half. We won't wait another year and a half. Then, David, please God. No, we won't. But it feels like we only chatted yesterday, right? There's something you just picked. Brotherhood of being baptized is is beautiful, and then I let's invite all of our listeners to uh, to uh, yeah partake in that and to invite others to to enjoy it too. Because yeah, there's something about being baptized, right, guys? There's something about this brotherhood and, and our sisters. It's just it's powerful. It really is. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Beautiful. So again, thank you, David. It was such a blast. And yes, we're going to have to pick up the microphones and chat again uh, soon. And once once Dennis has retired and he's fulfilled all of the parish volunteer obligations that have been lined up for him. RV and I've retired and then we'll definitely. We'll we'll head out West. We should head out West, Rivera. And pack light so I can jump in the back seat. Guys. Yes. There we go. There'll be room for you, David, for sure. <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Good talk. God Take bless. Care. Always great. Happy guys. Christmas. Thank you. Yes. God bless you guys. Well, there you have it, everyone. Dennis and Robert from the Pints and Pews podcast. Make sure that that's in your library of podcasts or on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find your fine podcasts. Hey, and that was an example of two guys that uh, I have not spoken to in about a year and a half since we did our, our last roundtable podcast. And we picked up right where we left off. It was great. And there's just something about the brotherhood of being a Catholic, being a believer in Jesus Christ, where you can talk to one of your brothers or sisters in Christ. You can be away from them for a long time, but you can pick up right where you left off. There's just something about being amongst the baptized. It's very hard to explain to someone who is not. But if you are not baptized, I am inviting you to become a Catholic. What is keeping you away from becoming a Catholic and living the sacramental life with us. You're gonna not going to lose anything in your life. You're just going to find more fulfillment in journeying to eternity with a bunch of other sinners like myself, but people that are really trying hard to be holy, to get beyond just being good because there's lots of good people out there. There's not very many holy people, but that's what God's calling us to be, is to be holy. So join me and join my brothers and sisters in the Catholic Church on this journey And I can't wait to have you on board with us. We need you. Uh, I always say the church needs you, wants you, and loves you. So please keep that in the back of your mind. And uh, we're not here to convert you, but we are here to plant seeds because God and the Holy Spirit is going to work in your life and he will work powerfully in your life if you just open the door a crack to the love of Jesus Christ. We're going to be praying for you. Pray for us too. And listen to the Catholic Connect podcast. Well, thank you for listening. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. wherever you find your fine podcast. So please subscribe and drop a review if you could. And also follow us on X and on Facebook and drop me a line anytime. Always love hearing from our listeners from all over the world, all over this uh, fantastic blessing that is the Universal Church. As disjointed as it uh, can appear, it's something real beautiful about being in the fraternity of Catholicism. It's fantastic. So, hey, Catholics, we got to live that sacramental life all of the time, and we got to go to confession often. Make it a regular part of your spiritual life, your daily life. Hey, it's just going to be a part of who you are. It's like working out, getting up in the morning, going to the gym, getting in good shape. Hey, we need to keep ourselves tip-top spiritual shape. So let's do it. we got to go to confession every Lent, every Advent, and any time you're in a state of mortal sin. Don't even spend a second of your life there. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everyone. God bless. Have a very soon.